live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. After that, you had what went down in Vegas, a rematch from the Final Four a couple of years back. And it almost felt like more of a replay than a rematch. You feel me? Y'all remember how that one ended, right? Jalen Suggs pulling up from a mid-court logo piece of real estate. Delivers one of the all-time devastating dagger blows at the buzzer in March Madness history. I know you remember that. I know Bruin fan remembers that. Bruin fan is never going to forget that. Bruin fan may never recover from that. I know they haven't yet, and they may never will. Which makes last night all the more devastating because it happened again. Right on cue. Talk about deja vu. Talk about history repeating itself. It happened again. So I roll in here this morning, and the very first person I see is Columbia grad Chalk. He's always the first person I see. The Columbia grad is always the first one in. I'm always the second one in. The second person I see is UCLA grad Jack Savage. And the first thing I say to Savage, and I quote, I said, dude, you got a hell of a lot of nerve rolling in here after last night, Jack Tame. Then I chase that with a, Jesus Christ, it's Jack Civilized. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Jack Savage? Jack Savage is more like John Timid. I mean, bro. I'll say it again on air. You got a hell of a lot of nerve showing your face around here after that last night. I mean, I say that as somebody who represents UCLA in a big way. This is a big UCLA house. In fact, I got to give it to you, Tame. You've done a pretty nice job for me thus far. Well, at least until last night. If I were you, I would take that corny split lid you have with UCLA on one side and Northwestern on the other side, and I'd light that thing on fire because you clearly will not need that ever again. Jack, non-aggressive. In fact, as that slow motion train wreck was playing out last night, I texted him and I said, I'm telling you, Jack Tame, your boys look like they're going to blow this. Not only do they look like they're going to blow this, they look like they're going to get blown out in the process. And if they do, Tame, your ass is fired. I mean that. And then when the Zags went up 10, I texted him and I said, I don't want to see your face tomorrow. You come in Saturday, you pack up your crap, and I never want to see your face ever again. Dude, Jack Tame. That poor bastard. Imagine being a UCLA fan right now. And living through that Suggs buzzer beater against the same Gonzaga program. And then, and you're not even over that yet. And that was two years ago. And then having to sit through this ending last night. Strother will get it in. Salas picks it up. Clock starts. 11 seconds. Salas across the timeline. Pitch it back. Strother. Deep three from the top of the key. Got it. Oh, he hit it. Strother from the top. Seven seconds left. Campbell on the run. Into the front court. Drives the right side. Stripped away. Strother's got it. Fouled with 1.1 to go. The Vegas native pulls up from deep and puts Gonzaga in the lead and then gets a steal at the other end. Strother walking, staring into the crowd. What a shot by Strother, who has had a tough night with his heels and the March Madness logo, drills a three. And with 1.1 to go, he can ice it. Gonzaga leads 78-76. Westwood won on the call. Heels in the logo. Another logo-depth dagger. Another local kid lighting it up in his hometown. Last night we had Mr. New York City and also Mr. Las Vegas, Julian Strother. Now, he didn't have his best game, but he stepped up anyway, and he asked to take the biggest shot of Gonzaga's season. He didn't even need that 40-footer. Why not play for two and the lead? Why not? 
As always, why does anybody do anything? Because they can. And he knew he could. And that's why he asked for The Rock. Yeah, the, you know, the play was a you know, little dribble handoff action, see if we could, you know, get a defense on their heels a bit. And uh, initially when Coach drew it, he kind of drew, uh, you know, just search it a little bit, maybe go downhill. And I kind of just asked him, like, can I shoot it? Like, if if no one steps up on me, like, do you want me to shoot it? And he was like, absolutely. So then I shot it. <laughs> I'm a little look. stronger language than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just keeping it PG, man. No doubt, Julian. There was nothing PG about you ripping out UCLA's still beating heart on national TV. And here's the thing about that shot, that crazy shot. When he let it go, I thought to myself, man, that is the worst shot ever. I'm being honest. When he let that go, I thought to myself, that is the worst shot ever. That is such a bad shot. Until it wasn't. Until it went down. Hell, you might even argue it was still a bad shot. Even though it won the game, given the situation, that's not a good shot. But he knocked it down. And while they nearly did let it get away, remember, this is not Mark Few's first rodeo. He's got one of his biggest guns in the huddle, getting all R-rated with it, saying, I'm that guy. I want that shot. Can I shoot the ball? Can I have the rock? So what's Few do? He says, hell yes, you're it. Try to get downhill. Yeah, but what if they don't come up on me? What if they don't pick me up at half court? What if they don't pick me up at the logo? Can I shoot it? Yes. Yes, you can shoot it. And he did. As for UCLA, as much as it hurts me to say this, and taking nothing from Gonzaga, who did clutch the hell up, but as for UCLA and Johnny Tame over there, that can't happen. That cannot happen. That just can't happen. Even if you want to let my dude Mick Cronin and his crew slide for not picking up full court or even half court or even getting in Strother's grill. What you can't do is go more than 11 minutes in a Sweet 16 game without a bucket in a game that you were dominating. In the end, they gas out. And not having Jalen Clark did catch up with him and, and so did the legendary Drew Timmy. And what's not to love about that dude? No matter where your loyalties lie, this dude is the epitome of somebody who makes it better. Unless you're Jack Tame and you're a UCLA fan. Because UCLA had no answer for this dude. He went 36-13. and Probably could have gone for a half a hundred if they just kept feeding him. Strother is going to get the glory, but Timmy did the work. Absolutely massive game from the three-time All-American who's only adding to his legacy as an icon, both with his game and his swag and what he says. And yes, things did get sweaty. UCLA nearly did come all the way back. Hell, they had that lead late. Things did get sweaty at the end for the Zags. Breaths were being held. Buttholes were being puckered. Butthole. 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 But ultimately... Timmy and the Zags did not, quote, F this one up. We could not be the team that f***s this one up. You didn't. You did not. You and Mark Few and the Zags got it done again. UCLA gets their hearts ripped out and their souls snatched again. That's going to leave a mark. Just like the last one did. Bad enough having to live with one finish like that. Now there's another. That's two for you. Two for you, unfortunately. Thing is, like I said, I'm a big UCLA proponent. They're not far from him. This is a big UCLA house, so I'm going to do my very best. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to hold them accountable because I am. That can't happen. That cannot happen. And I'm going to tip my hat to the Zags. But in terms of UCLA, let's go ahead and try and look at this. It's kind of a glass half full situation. You know me. I'm upbeat, I'm positive, I'm Mr. Positive. Uh, Can I take a moment and cheer UCLA up? Here's a positive. At least you're not driving home. Man, we've all been there. That would be the ultimate drive of shame from Vegas back to LA. We've all gotten our asses kicked in Vegas and had to make that drive back. It's the worst thing ever. At least you're not that. I'm assuming the university hooked you guys up with a flight. So you've got that. That's not so bad. That's a good thing. And on top of that, I'll give you another positive. At least you stayed in clean hotel rooms. 
Apparently, Yukon was given rooms full of vomit, dirt, and probably other bodily fluids. That, according to my pals at Vital Vegas. Yo, V2, been a minute. Vital Vegas, of course, were the ones that tipped us off to all those raiders who were cheapskates and not tipping on the strip and chastised them and admonished them for that and let them know that's not how the game is played down here. Shout out to Vital Vegas. And they tweeted names, too. Hotel names. Me, I'm not doing that. I made that mistake once on this show, and it cost the company a lot of business. Here's what they tweeted. Quote, not sure what a Yukon is, but the team reportedly bailed on, insert hotel, tagline, dirt, vomit, and worse, and moved to Resorts World. Unclear why news outlets aren't mentioning the resorts involved. Hey, Vital, I know you're going to say, not sure why Rome isn't mentioning the hotel or resorts involved because I once did and it cost us a lot of business and I got in a lot of trouble. One day on this show, way, way, way back in the day, I went off on this rant about this hotel I stayed at in Vegas and how it was literally the worst experience of my life. And it was like a full-blown eight-minute rant. I was just going and going and going and going. And it was so good. I slapped a tongue on the mic. I was so happy with myself because it really was like the worst place ever. And I said that, it's the worst place ever. I get off the air and this sales rep says, hey, Jim, you got a minute? I'm like, sure, what up, yo? Did you happen to mention insert hotel on the show today? I'm like, um, I don't think so. I don't think so, i.e. I did like a 12-minute rant on it. I don't think so. Why do you ask? He goes, because they were one of our biggest clients until you lit them up. Uh, 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 like, I didn't even know they were a client. So... Vital. Respect. But if you're going to say, I don't know why other news outlets are not referencing it by name, or I don't know why Rome is not referencing it by name, that's why. But dude, good to see you. I just duded Vital Vegas. I don't know what a Yukon is they went with. However, they moved because of vomit and other things. Dang, Vital. I don't want to do them the way you did them. But Vital just did that hotel like Strother did UCLA. A knife to the ventricle. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? Damon Stoudemire. Damon, it has been a minute, but it's great to talk to you once again. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jim. How you doing, man? Good, dude. Good. Good to hear your voice. How you feeling? Hey, man. Blessed. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. good. The weather got better. It was a little chilly earlier in the week, but it's getting, getting back right now. All right. I feel you. Let me ask you, Damon. You, I'm not sure I've ever seen a head coach as emotional and as moved as you were when they introduced you as the new head coach at Georgia Tech. Can you take me back and maybe take us through those moments? What was going through you, and why did that hit you as hard as it did in that moment? I mean, it was, you know, it's like, a, you know, you think back through the process, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's like a couple 
couple of things, um, you know, and as I went back, you know, again, thinking all the way back, you know, I'm a little kid and then I get drafted into the NBA and, you know, uh, played 13 years and now I get into coaching and, you know, been successful in my own right and, you know, was in a great situation in Boston, but just sitting there at that moment, I don't know, it just kind of got me, you know what I mean? It's like, I think I think as you get a little older, we all get in our feelings a little bit, and and and, and you know, I, I felt like at that moment, man, it was just my time. I, I arrived, and it's you know, time to get tech, man, going back the right way. My man, respect. I like that, Damon. You're right. As we get a little older, we all do get in our feelings a little bit. So I see you working. You know, I want to ask you about tech in a second, but you mentioned Boston. How would you describe your two years with the Celtics in terms of your overall basketball journey? What were those two years like for you? Man, it was amazing. You know, I was I was talking to uh, – I actually was talking to Joe earlier today. and You know, man, just you, when you really think about it, right, you have, you know, so many great basketball minds over there, you know, Brad Stevens, you know, he's running in and you know, man, to be able to 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 be around the staff that I that I was, you know, E May and uh, you know, Joe, Will, like, you know, you can go down the line, like you know, you think about it, Jim, at the end of the day, like we, we challenged each other every day. But I say but I say this, you know, and and when you think about organizations or whatever whatever type of uh, professional franchise you, you name, um, the unfortunate situation with, with E aside, like, you know, between Joe, Will, and myself, you have one organization, you know, have three head coaches in like 16 months, man. Like, you don't really get that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, you don't. You do not get that. Damon Stoudemire is joining us right now. He's the new head coach at Georgia Tech. You know, Damon, old heads like you and I, especially me, when I think about Georgia Tech, and I've been in this thing long enough, I saw this firsthand. I think about my dude Kenny Anderson, Dennis Scott, Brian Oliver, Lethal Weapon 3, Bobby Kremens back in the day. I mean, how cool were those teams? How cool was Tech back in the day? Man, Tech was – I was saying it yesterday in an interview to – to me, Tech was more popular than Atlanta Hawks. You know, when 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 Georgia Tech is really good, it's the city's team. And, you know, you can go back to, you know, you can go back to Mark Price. You know, those teams, Mark Price, Dalrymple, you know, Dwayne Farrell, John Sally, you know, they had really good teams. And then that just bled into Kenny and those guys. and They took it to a whole nother level. But, man, you know, the, you know, Georgia Tech basketball has always been synonymous with winning. And, um, you know, I don't feel like it should be any different now. Damon Stoudemire joining us. Damon, I remember, for some reason, this sticks out in my mind, maybe because it was early in my career, but I can remember the Final Four. I remember being, I don't know where we were, either in a hotel or somewhere, but I remember Bobby Kremens being with the guys, and they were shooting pool. And I just I couldn't believe how cool Kremens was. Like, they loved him. I'm like, dude's just shooting pool with the fellas. And they loved him, and he loved them. And it always stayed with me. It was like such a moment. Like, could you rebuild this thing? Was that a moment in time, or could it once again be like that? I know that's the goal, but could you rebuild it and bring it back to where it once was? Because guys have tried, and they have not been able to do so. I mean, I I don't feel like this can't be built. I mean, you start on the inside and then go out. I mean, you have a great you have a great home base here in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, it's it's, it's all type of talent that's here, and um, you know, I think you start here and then you venture out. If you historically look at Tech teams, you know, um, it always consists of Atlanta guys, but nationally, you know, the brand has always been there, and so. You definitely can get it back. It's a matter of getting out. It's a matter. It's a matter of having a presence. Um, and you know what better? What better way for for on the initial any Atlanta kid, Georgia kid to come and play in Midtown? I mean, that's that's a great place to play the Philadelphia Dome, right? You know, that's what we remember it as, right, Jim? No doubt, no doubt. It's such a hotbed, dude. There's so much talent there. There is so much talent in that backyard. Damon Stoudemire joining us. So every coach I talk to talks about culture, and they should. It's important, like really important. What is your culture going to look like and feel like at Georgia Tech? Just the culture of accountability. You know, like it all starts within the individual. 
Um, you have to, you know, you got school, you got basketball, all that links together. And so if you're not, if you're not disciplined, if you don't pay attention to details, if you don't create a routine for yourself, you're just really setting yourself up. So that's what I'm going to help these guys with. Um, you know, the thing about it is, you know, it, it, it's, it's some talent here. Obviously you got to add talent, but at the same time too, it all starts right there because like your daily habits are going to be a function of who you really are at the end of the day. Bottom line, Damon, what we're talking about here really are non-negotiables, right? There has to be non-negotiables for the individual and for the group. What are some of the non-negotiables? I mean, you know, punctuality, you know, that for me starts right there. I mean, if, if, if you're not on time, you're not ready. You know, you should be there 15 minutes before, um, you know, you. I think the biggest thing, you know, you have to do is you gotta you gotta sign a non-negotiable contract contract with yourself first, and then you have to sign one with with the with with with, with your team, and and that's the and that's to do the right thing every day. You gotta you, you gotta not only do the right thing every day. You gotta be a high character person. Um, you gotta have integrity. You gotta exude the right things because. What I learned in all the places that I've won, whether it's been as a player or a coach, uh, a shared vision, um, and you're winning, then everybody wins. Everybody gets out of it what they want. Talking to Damon Stoudemire, you know, one last thought. When I think about your career and I think about your college background, like the Arizona family is just so amazing. It's an amazing family. It's an amazing culture. And it started with Lou Olson. Let's never forget, Damon, you know this as well as anybody. But when he got there, man, there was nothing – Nothing, nothing. There was no program. There was nothing. And he built this absolute monster. And when you look at right. the lasting legacy of Loot, the former players, yourself, Steve Kerr, so many Wildcats playing prominent roles in basketball, how much of an influence did Loot have on you and the coach and man you become? I mean, a big influence. You know, I always tell people, like, for four years we did the same thing. You know, coach was coach had a routine, and he never deviated from it. And, you know, he instilled he instilled that on to, to all of us. Um, he held us accountable. He held us to a standard. And um, he never wavered on that. And, and it was every day, whether that was on the floor or off the floor. And, you know, the, the respect factor that we gave him um, for holding us accountable, for, for making us pay attention to detail, for doing all the, you know, the little things, um, you know, that, that obviously carried on for me as a player and then into my coaching career. But he played a big part, and I think he played a big part in, you know, all of us that, that came through Zona. Damon, one last thought. It's great to see you not only get this opportunity, another opportunity, but such a great opportunity. Let me ask you this. You coach at UOP. How different, though, is the game now with the transfer portal and with NIL and everything else? How different is it now than it was then when you coached at UOP? Oh, it's changed, and it's just really been a year and a half. You know, right. it's changed. I mean, you know, we I call it free agency. It's fun. You know, you you know, you get on the phone and you talk to kids, and you know, you you're trying to sell your your program and sell yourself. But it's definitely changed. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the one thing. This is the one thing I've learned. Regardless, you know, and and I think like nobody talks about it like. When you're getting NIL money and, and things of that nature, like it's pressure on the kid. And, and I think as a staff now, you got you to gotta really think to yourself, is this kid built like that? <laughs> like, because there's going to come a time, Jim, where, where, where guys like yourself, you know, we, you know, in college it's always been coaches that have been the fall guy. At some point, like when these guys are – are getting what they're getting, you know, the ridicule is going to come on the players as well. And so it's, there's a lot of dynamics that comes with that. I, I I don't know if they've actually thought about that dynamic, you know what I mean? And, you know, you, you, you have to perform to get money. <laughs> you know da- I mean? Damon, it's by so, the way, you're right. You you are the first one to say that. People are not saying yeah. that. You're so right. That does yeah. come along with it. I'm not saying yeah. that they don't deserve the money, but you're right. right. You're right. I see yeah. you working. I, I, I would never, yeah, I never tell, I would never tell the kids they don't deserve the money. They have a right to the money, but with, but, with the money but, comes performance. 
Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. We didn't just have a good night of college basketball. We had a couple of instant classics, right? If you're just joining us now, we've been talking about this. Two of the best games of the tournament so far and one of the single best individual tournament performances you're ever going to see. I'm not sure what's better, Marquise Noel's performance or his nickname. The performance was epic. It was legitimately, literally historic. It was insane. But at the same time, how do you beat that gloss? Mr. New York City especially if you play that position. Given the history of guys that have come through New York City that have played that position, if you're Mr. New York City, so he already was on his social media accounts, and that was before he showed up to Madison Square Garden last night. This is a Harlem native playing in Manhattan, Kansas. And after last night, he gets all the glosses he wants. He can self-gloss. I'm going to allow him to break the jungle rule. He can self-gloss. Mr. Manhattan, Kansas. Mr. Manhattan, New York. Mr. New York City. This dude can etch all of them on a sidewalk outside of MSG. Or hell, just straight up on the marquee. Dude didn't just go off for 20 points, 19 dimes. And five steals. He didn't just set the single-game tournament assist record with those 19 dimes. My man didn't just put on a scintillating basketball clinic. I mean, he absolutely did all of those things. But he essentially called his shot, too. Check out Mr. New York City on Wednesday responding to a question about Michigan State shutting down the opposing opposing point in the first two rounds. Listen to what Mr. New York City had to say about that on Wednesday. I determine how the game is going to go. Um, I mean, I'm not really focused on, you know, what they did in the past versus other good point guards. I played in the toughest league in the country, which is the Big 12. Um, you have all types of Hall of Fame coaches that, you know, scout, scouted me and, you know, uh, tried to stop me. So I, I don't think that's, that's going to be an issue. He's not wrong. He's not wrong about any of that. How about that line? Let me repeat the first few words of that answer. Quote, I determine how the game is going to go. I determine how the game is going to go. So awesome. In other words, I don't have to deal with them. They have to deal with me. Couldn't respect that attitude any more than I do. The smallest dude on the floor is the fiercest. And that's not arrogance. That's not bravado. That's not bluster. That's just confidence. And also, you know what that is? That's just facts. Because Marquise masterfully controlled that game, essentially from start to finish. This guy's out there tossing no-look dimes like he's a five foot seven magic. Hitting look-away trays like he's Steph. And he's doing it at 5'7", 5'8", if I'm being generous. And doing it all on a bum wheel after he rolled that ankle in the second half. And when that happened, I thought, "Uh uh-oh. This dude dominated. Dominated the entire game and then saved his very best for overtime. The first overtime of the tourney so far. Noel actually tied the single-game assist record on this LU play when he was, as far as anybody can tell, and there is some discourse about this, was he fake arguing with the play call or about the play call with his coach, Jerome Tang, or were they actually setting something up? Who knows? Jerome Tang sets it up. Going for the line! Keontae Johnson on the receiving end. It, It was absolutely awesome. It's awesome either way. If he was arguing with his coach and just said, screw it, and threw a perfect lob, then it's awesome. And if they actually set that up as a deke, then it's still awesome. Either way, it was incredible. An insane thing to draw up, though, if that's what they drew up. But either way, it works. Final minute of overtime. I mean, what another amazing dime that was. 
And of course, he also put the finishing touches on that game in the final possession when Sparty still had a chance to tie. They had a chance until Mr. New York City swiped the ball, took off the other way, and then finished them with the kill shot. Of course, that game had to end that way. Of course, that guy had to end that game that way. Damn, Rome. Love him much? I do. I do. I love that guy. God, he was amazing. Amazing. Listen, that was a great showing from Mr. March and Michigan State. Tom Izzo had them ready to win that game. They played lights out. Michigan State played a hell of a game. And my guy's taking some heat for some of the things he said after the game that Kansas State did not appreciate. I understand why they're upset. You don't want to hear things like, yeah, well, they did bank in a couple of threes, had some lucky shots. Yeah, Tom Izzo didn't take that too well. You know why? Because they played about as well as they could. Their best was not good enough. That one stung. To the blood bank. That one stung. That one stung. That's why he didn't take that very well. Because... If you're a high-level coach in a program like that and you love your team, of course you're going to think our best will beat anybody else's best, and it didn't. Now, he'd say we didn't play our best. Either way, K-State was unbelievable, especially Mr. New York City. Got to tip your hat. How about Jerome Tang? A first-year head coach, and not just at K-State, but overall. A first-year head coach, period. This is his first run through the tourney as a head coach, and he just beat Tom Izzo in Madison Square Garden. Now he's in the Elite Eight. Is that any good? You think that dude was very fired up about his point guard after the game? Did you hear this exchange? Well, we were at it was a place of fire, but we practiced in a place of fire all the time, so he was ready for it. This is a bad boy right here. This is a bad boy. Love it. Loved it. Jerome Tang. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. He is Matt Norlander. Matt, what's going on? How are you? Jim, I'm well. I actually, I went I went sport coat over the t-shirt look just in case you were buttoned up. And you're casual on a Friday. Friday I sh- you I know that. Come on, dude. You know this. You know this. You know this. Friday, we are casual. You know this. I appreciate the hustle. You look like a million, but you know this. You know this show. Friday, we dress it down. That's fair. That's that's fair. It's great to be with you. I'm, uh, I've scooted back home to... Uh, to Connecticut after Jim uh, what happened in the garden on Thursday night was phenomenal uh let's let's be real going into Thursday we anticipated great things out of the West region and we got great things out of the West but you got you know you got K-State Tennessee Michigan State FAU okay so from a from a broad appeal standpoint what would there really be would we get two kind of clunkers two stinkers no man <laughs> K-State MSU was one of the best sweet 16 games in the history of the tournament and one of the top 10 games I've ever covered in person I figure that's where you wanted to start but I wanted to get us on the on yeah it's so funny you say going. that I was gonna say to you where do you want to start because we can start anywhere the whole thing is so insane but what about Marquise Noel I mean how how sublime was this cat last night you were in the building you saw him do what he did how amazing was that it was Jim this is why we do this okay this is why we do this for moments like that it had everything and it wasn't that like Marquise Noel was good down the stretch Guy was in his bag from the word go. I mean, the the deke on MSU with the reverse alley-oop to Keontae Johnson in overtime when the game is tied is one of the best plays we've seen in the NCAA tournament in the past decade. A phenomenal game, and I do want to give quick credit to Tom Izzo and Michigan State because Noel rightfully is the story, as he should be. Guy from the Big Apple goes to the Little Apple, returns home, and he owns that city right now. His face is on the back page of the tabloids in New York City. We love to see it. He's he's listed at 5'8". 
My man, I'm 6'3". I stood next to him last night for a CBS Sports HQ interview. He might be 5'7". But Michigan State, put you got to have two teams to tango. And MSU almost had that game. I, I bet they almost might get lost to history after all this. They almost had it. But Marquise Noel on a bad wheel. The only time he left the game was when he twisted his ankle and they needed to, ta- to tape him up. So uh, just incredible stuff. And I happened to steal a moment. I tweeted out the photo. Uh, in the in the rush afterward, in the bowels of of MSG, before he went to the press conference, they were they were trying to get over there. Jerome Tang was caught behind, so it's it's Noel, it's Keontae Johnson, it's just Masood, and they're just sitting there. And Masood's looking at his phone, he's bringing it up. He's like, "Dude, you don't understand, dog. You're the number one trending topic in the world right now." And and Noel could 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 barely even interpret what was happening. He goes. Man, that's the best game I've ever had. That's the best game I've ever had. And Keontae Johnson's right next to him. He's like, Mm-mm, three more, man, three more. And he's like, he's bowing down to Noel as he's doing. He's like, I ain't ever been to Houston. Three more, three more, meaning obviously three more wins for a national championship. Kansas State, as you well know, Jerome came on your show, picked last in the Big 12. It's now one win away from its first Final Four in six decades. This is one of the most surprising teams in the country from a season-long perspective. And now Noel has given us arguably, arguably, and we have no shortage of this, Jim, one of the best stories in this year's tournament. Oh, I love him. I cannot get enough of him. Matt Norlander is joining us right now. So, Matt, I'm picking my spots. UConn wrecked Arkansas last night. And, man, they look great doing it. It makes me wonder... How the hell are these guys a four seed? I mean, did the committee get that one wrong, or is it neither here nor there, and is anybody playing better than the Huskies right now? Well, okay, so is there anyone playing better? Um, I'll get that one first. I tell you what, this is why the tournament's amazing. Probably no, but through the first two games, before you kind of played last night, a lot of people were saying, uh, Princeton just destroyed Arizona and Missouri. So let's see what the Tigers do on Friday, right? But UConn's been great. Houston's been great. Were they misseeded? No, because the results have to matter. And they did have that January swoon where they dropped, you know, a six out of a seven or eight game stretch. So the losses have to count. Now, their seed matches their Ken Palm ranking, fourth overall. And they are national title worthy. I've seen this team in person multiple times. They're in my home state here. And I saw them at the Big East tournament. And I saw them last week in Albany. Andre Jackson is a one of a kind player because he basically does everything except uh, be a knockdown shooter. Adama Sanogo is a beast. Jordan Hawkins is going to be a first-round NBA pick. They have all the weapons, and it is it has been a basketball renaissance here in the Nutmeg State because Dan Hurley carried – I talked to him about this multiple times a season, Jim. He carried – the only thing that he carried around him that was really weighing on him, he loved so much about having this job. He had not won a tournament game until this year at UConn. Now – Gets to his first Sweet 16. Now he's in his first Elite Eight. And the Huskies look scary. But the team they are going to face, <laughs> the team they are going to face in Vegas on Saturday is rolling with an all-time college legend coming off of another phenomenal, phenomenal individual performance from Drew Timmy. And then there is something about those teams. We see this across all sports, Jim. There is there are certain teams that when they face off on a court or a field or on the ice, there is there is an energy that is special. And UCLA and Gonzaga, I don't know if it was better than K State, Michigan State, because K State, Michigan State was was outrageous for forty five minutes. But the ending of UCLA Gonzaga was was obviously it, it was it was audacious. And uh, and so yes, UConn's going to have to prep up because I know. They are racking their brains trying to figure out how they're going to stop that Gonzaga offense. It was audacious, Matt. I want to say that uh, I'm not going to lie. I had UCLA winning that game last night, and with no disrespect to Gonzaga, which I absolutely love, and Timmy himself. I think the guy's incredible, but I probably should have known better, right? I probably should have known that not having Jalen Clark was going to catch up to them at some point. I convinced myself in the first half, like, they're fine. They're all right. It's okay. But it did ultimately catch up, didn't it? Listen, uh, uh, the Jalen Clark injury was just going to catch up with UCLA. Everyone knew it. Uh, we talked about it on our Ion College Basketball podcast. And uh, to the to the listeners of the show and watchers of your show that also listen to the podcast, they know exactly what I mean by the Jalen Clark injury was going to catch up with UCLA because it had to. Arguably the best defender in the country. Although, <laughs> yeah, to me, to me, if Clark is on the floor, I don't know if, if Timmy... Uh, gives us his best Akeem Olajuwon impression and goes off for one of the maybe the best game of his career. Uh, but that said, you know UCLA went cold. They got a great game out of Amari Bailey. It had its opportunities, and then uh, th- this shot from Strother. I mean, you got to be kidding me, man! You got to be kidding me with that shot at that point. Unbelievable. UCLA had a great season. 
it is it is a what if. They did have the injuries with Bona as well. And and we'll see. Cronin's building something really, really, really good there. But Gonzaga in its fifth Elite Eight in the past eight tournaments. Uh, I say it every year. I'll say it again here uh, to your to your audience. Enough with the Gonzaga hating. Give me other teams that are going to five Elite Eights in an eight-year period, going to eight straight Sweet 16s. I know they haven't won a chip yet, but that might be coming. I've talked to Timmy. I've talked to Mark Few. I've talked to that staff. They have embraced this idea that they are not a one or a two, although i got to be honest. After a win like that, you're going to be as prominent of a team in a, in a bracket uh, that we have left here. So it's it's incredible what we got out of the West. It was amazing to see that game live so up. So now we saw that shot go up last night. Be honest, what were you thinking? Like I'll be honest, when I saw that shot go up, I thought to myself, "Man, that is a bad shot. That is a really bad shot." Until it rattled in. But what did you think when he let that fly? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say the word here on your show, but I, I was, so I was, I was, I just finished interviewing Dusty May on CBS Sports HQ after FAU had won. So I'm watching on my computer right good? there in the bowels of MSG. <laughs> yeah, see any good? Exactly. And, and so Strother puts up this shot and I blurt out what the F like out loud, like, cause I'm like, what is this? What are you doing? Like there was nine seconds left on the clock. You're down by one. But it goes, and because it goes, I mean, no, it's not quite Suggs, it's not Chris Jenkins, but it's in the tier right below that. That's among the 20 biggest shots in NCAA tournament history, and Strother wasn't even good earlier in the game. It, uh, the, the way that a narrative on a game can twist like that, Timmy, they don't even get to that point without Drew Timmy, and yet here they are again from the logo, Strother in his hometown of Vegas. It, the, the vibes around the country in the bracket on Thursday were incredible from Noel going back, even Tyson Walker from Michigan State as well. And then Strother and his, and his a lot of this is my city. This is my city. There was a lot of that on Thursday. And it was absolutely uh, incredible to watch. Can't get enough. This is why I had you on or have you on today. What about Princeton? So you've got the fourth 15 seed in tournament history to get to the Sweet 16. How much of a shot do you give the Tigers to shock the world yet again and take down the six Creighton? Any kind of shot? Uh, any kind of shot? Yeah, I give him a real shot. You're talking to a guy who just watched Florida Atlantic get to the Elite Eight after not having a program like 30 years ago from the nine slot. Now you got Princeton trying to do it for a second straight year, what St. Peter's did. And what we saw Princeton do in the first weekend was no accident. Like that's not that's the, that's not a mistake. They they have the dudes to do it. An incredible rebounding team. And keep an eye as you watch this game. Now I've got Creighton winning. I had Creighton going to the Final Four the night of Selection Sunday. That has not changed. That was my that was my pick because every year since 2013 we've had at least one team six or worse in seeding crack through to the four. So I thought Creighton was the best candidate. It's got to get two more. We'll see. So I think Creighton will win the game. But Princeton, if it can if it can turn Creighton over, the one thing Creighton doesn't do well, it ranks among the worst teams in the sport at turning teams over. Princeton holds onto the ball, gets some rebounds, some opportunistic threes. It can absolutely get it done. Uh, that team is for real, and we'll see if the Blue Jays have enough. The Blue Jays aren't deep, but they've got enough skill, shooting size, defense to get it done. The way that that roster is is comprised, Jim, is different from how Arizona and Missouri are, and so I think uh, I think there's a great chance that's a good game. But Creighton, if it goes their way, they could they could win with a little bit of comfort. I love Princeton. I love the story. I think they'll hang in. I have I have Creighton winning that game. So really quickly, Matt, what about Florida Atlantic? You brought up Dusty May. I mean, he made the point. He came on the show and we talked about the fact that they don't feel like a Cinderella, and they're not. They won 33 games at that point. Make that 34. Is it not? It's not surprising to me that they beat Tennessee, but it is a little bit surprising to me what they did to Tennessee. And the way they dismantled them. Were you at all surprised by what you saw in that game last night? Jim, I wasn't. So the Noel, the Noel game happens, and I know that I'm writing the column on, on Noel no matter what, but I got to dial into this. And Tennessee kind of had its way kind of early, but it could never like separate because Tennessee had an offensive ceiling the whole season. Now, Tennessee didn't have Zakai Ziegler either. It's point guard uh, from New York. If he plays, maybe it's a little bit different. But because of the way that Florida Atlantic plays, it's got four guys that shoot around 40% from three-point range. They come at you in waves. They're the most – there's no team in the tournament that has played together longer 
than Florida Atlantic. And this wasn't like a, a 10 and 21 team a year ago. They've been above 500 every year since Dusty May got there. And they just simply wear you down. They do not tire. They don't tire. Okay. And so I was not surprised to see that ultimately that battery charge was longer than Tennessee's and Tennessee didn't have the offense to do it. They got just enough threes and they put them away. They salted away the game and the, the atmosphere in MSG FAU brought a good contingent. I was surprised by how many fans they had in that building. Right. And to see uh, only the NCAA tournament prize and stuff, Jim, you had Michigan state fans and Kansas state fans that stuck around. They're going in on the FAU chance. FAU, FAU. And now we'll Kansas state. They're prepping up for it. Florida Atlantic. Jim, they can get there. They are good enough to beat Kansas no, State. That should real. be an awesome no, one. I agree, Matt. They're, you're right. They have a motor. They never tire. They're like their coach. They're reflective of their coach. Matt, great job. Great, great job. Really good to have you back on. Appreciate you, Matt. Matt Norlander. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? The head. You ask and you shall receive. A number of you want to know if there was going to be a big head bet segment coming today. Well, here we are. Here, here we the are. bleep here the we, f- are. we are. As always, head. What's up? How you living? Is there really a nutmeg state? I never knew that, actually. Shut up, head. What? I did not know that. You're I learned starting already. Day. You're starting already, dude. You're starting already. <laughs> this is not the pod. This is the daily. All right. Let's uh, level also, up. Let's grow it, up. I'm gonna, ask you, I'm gonna ask Jerome you again, King? dude. How you doing? What's going on? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate much it. Much better. Thank yes. you very much. Yeah. All right. Let's get this out of the way. All right. This gambling. Uh, this gambling game. It's hard, dog. Mm. It's hard. Well, but, but, as awesome as it is gambling i thought betting the nfl was hard man this is really hard this is even tougher until the ball went up in the tournament what a freaking bloodbath this has been Mm. i want to acknowledge that right off the top anybody who says that they're absolutely killing it in this tourney is either a greaseball or a liar or both am i right Absolutely, you're right. Uh, they're they're capping all over. My favorite is the dude who took uh, six underdogs, but he's only talking about That's taking right. Princeton right now. But yes, they're all lying. Um, I think everybody's getting their butt kicked. I am. I started out very very good, and now I am very well. You started very out very well. very well. Yes. Started out. Stop capping, man. Stop capping. But I started like Rainbow Guy, and now I'm just you know getting kicked in the stick every night. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Dude, double rainbow guy. That was my Thursday. Let's get right into it. Let's see if we can get right for the weekend, all right? All right. I can make the argument that tonight's games are even tougher than last night's games, so that'll make you feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. Oh, so we're going to have to be better. We're going to have to be smarter. Why don't we start with San Diego State? San Diego State and the top seed overall, Alabama. I know you love value, Head. I know you pride yourself on not being a chalky little punk. Mm -hmm. You could probably get seven and a half and the Aztecs if you wanted. Is that enough value for you to take San Diego State? Yes, it is. I'll take San Diego State. Uh, They do, yes, they do a few things well that play against Nate Oates' style here. One, Alabama shoots the uh, fourth most threes in the nation per game, but San Diego State is the fourth best team in the country in defending the three ball. Alabama also ranks 302nd in the country in turnovers. That's huge considering these two teams play at completely. Wow, take care of the rock much? Yeah, right? And they play at completely different paces, which is great for San Diego State. Only Houston plays slower. Also, 
Alabama doesn't want opposing teams shooting threes themselves. That's great considering the Aztecs don't shoot threes at all. They live in the mid-range game with Matt Bradley, and I think they can also rebound with the tie to a certain point because Alabama is great there. But the biggest questions, can one of their other guards go off and help Bradley score, and how can they slow the uh, five-star player and zero-star person, Brandon Miller, here? He's good. Ooh. He's going to get his. Head. Yes. Head. Well, that's the lowest that, rating that possible, That might have right? been one of your best lines ever. Five-star player, zero-star wow, person. Wow, bro. That's too, that's too high. That's too high. How, how pumped were you to get that out there? <laughs> a five-star player and a zero-star person. Yeah, him and his coach. But, you know. I and mean, the coach. And the coach. Both of them there. And you're not wrong. I know. Wow, dude. I like San Diego State's coach, too, Brian Dutcher. He'll have I some too. Uh, depth, Love some them. size for these guys. They're a so, nice program, man. Great program. Experience program. Depth, size, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, seven and a half points. Uh, let's go San Diego State here, plus seven and a half. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, Princeton is on this magical run. I'm all about it. I love them. I love their coach. Mitch Henderson coming in here and reminding me that we spoke, he and I, love it. 25 years ago when he was a player there. Mm -hmm. And then the program on their official Twitter feed acknowledged and thanked us on Twitter awesome. for the jungle karma. And they referenced the phrase, how do you not love these guys? They're awesome. They represent everything that's amazing about the tournament. That said, mm -hmm. ball don't lie. Mm -mm. I think they're in pretty deep. Matt Norlander just made a pretty good argument for them against Creighton, although he says he has Creighton. Bottom mm -hmm. line, what's the number? Who do you have? The number is Creighton minus 10. I'll take mm. Creighton and lay the points here. Wow. Um, I, I like Princeton, but Creighton's damn good, dude. And I actually hedged my UConn bet and hit them to win the entire tournament at plus 1,000 on Wednesday night here. I like them a Interesting. lot. Uh, dude, they have a good backcourt. They have a stretch guy in Baylor, Shireman, who could really shoot the ball and a seven-footer inside. Their biggest weakness is their depth, like Matt said. They've played six guys more than five minutes in their two tournament games, so that's mm. a problem, but it shouldn't be against Princeton. Uh, Princeton can rebound. We know that. The, uh, they could rebound with Creighton, too, but the big difference to me is the shooting. Princeton is 86 in the country stat-wise in effective field goal percentage and ranked 201st in three-point field goal percentage. And remember, stats lie a little due to their weaker schedule. And Creighton, their stats do not lie because they play in the Big East. So even they're better uh, to me than their 27th effective field goal percentage in shooting the ball. ATS, Princeton has the advantage. They are printing money right now. 6-0 and in their last six games. 6-0 and in their last six via team with a winning straight-up record. But I'll go with the Blue Jays, who have covered their last four NCAA tournament games Creighton minus 10 minus 10 you know what they should do and you got me thinking now head scouting services should start dropping stars on character Ooh. five-star player zero-star zero person wouldn't that be great zero. that'd be great hey, we got a zero we got a one-star there that's a bad guy <laughs> got a one-star we recruited two two-star guys that's Alabama would not even hit one-star yeah. Houston v Miami okay. really interesting matchup I like it I like mm -hmm. it a lot Kelvin Sampson Love was it. on this week also head talking about how dangerous Miami is offensively and that Jim Laranega does an amazing job of trusting his dudes offensively giving them freedom letting them just ball like I said to Kelvin there's a reason why the Canes are the regular season ACC champs that mm -hmm. said you look at what Kelvin's got going on right now. This might be his best. I don't want to say last, but maybe his best look. Mm -hmm. And he's been in the Final Four before. I love the matchup, but I need to hear the number. And what are you going to do with it? Yeah, great matchup with two great coaches, like you said. Kelvin's Cougars are favored by seven and a half here. I'm going wow. Houston here and mm -hmm. laying those points, though. Well, I'm surprised, dude, to hear you say that. I know, I, I know. But the more I looked at this game, the more I liked Houston. Miami can score, I but they too. have. I do, too. I just know right? you. You usually go the other way. I know. I've got Houston myself. Okay, gotcha. So Miami I don't, want, I don't want to make it sound like I'm surprised that you did that. I don't like them. I've got Houston myself. I'm just surprised that you did. Sorry to interrupt your flow, even no, though you don't good. have one anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have a flow, but uh, my point is and why I like him so giant much. forehead, though. Dude, how about Jack Savage, man? You believe oh. that kid came to work today? What did you call him? Jack what? Tame. Johnny Tame. That's great. You like that? <laughs> I think it's funny as hell. All right, go yes. ahead. Okay, Miami, my point. They can score I mean, as we all know. He's a five-star kid, dude. He's a five-star kid. With a zero-star hat. I know. Zero. We, we should have dumped gasoline on that thing and just gone right to YouTube with it in studio. He's going to have to put it on Instagram and show everybody. Yep, right. Just nuke it, yeah. Go for it. Uh, Miami's offense. They, uh, 
So let me see here. That's Miami. my fault. I, I did that to you, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, so just they can score that thing that I said earlier, where you just say, uh, "What was the question?" What was the question? Ready fantasy Hawks to a fun fantasy Hawks. Damn, Alvin, that was mean. I'm just getting my I'm just getting my thoughts here. Razor my backs. point here: Miami can score, but they have the worst defense in the field, uh, according to Ken Palm. They rank 109th in Ken Palm for their defense right now. Also, Miami's strength on offense is their guards, and they get to the rack. Houston's D is elite. They are great though inside the arc and protecting the rim. Add the fact that Miami has only really one big that Kelvin talked about, nothing behind that. Houston has depth there, and they will control the glass. Miami ranks 216th in rebound rate, and they can't keep teams off the offensive glass. That's backside Poulter right there. Also, Don't. Houston. Go ahead, Alvin. Don't. Alvin? Don't. That's Lost. Miami rebound the ball right there. Gassy as hell. Grow up, both of you. Yep. Houston excels on the glass, Jim. Also add the fact that Marcus Sasser looks like he's back after putting up 22 against Auburn. I like Houston here. ATS, advantage Hurricanes, though. They are 5-1 and one in their last six NCAA tournament games and 7-2 and two as an underdog this season. But I'm going with 35% of the public bet and the jungle juju here and Houston minus 7.5. Okay. Let me ask you this. Again, I want to acknowledge, I want to be very clear about this, how much of my NFL bankroll that I've set on fire since the tournament started. <laughs> FAU and like K-State. Savage's hat. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, FAU uh -huh. and K-State picked me up last night because I have not been picking worth a damn. The Van Smack system is just not clicking. You've got to trust yourself. You have to trust your process. And most of all, you have to know that the tournament comes down to two things, right? Guard play and matchups. If you know that, if mm -hmm. you know that, if you trust yourself, you trust your system, you know the tournament comes down to guard play and matchups, you'll be just fine. I promise. Mm -hmm. eh, probably not. <laughs> Screw it. I'm throwing my system and my analytics out the window, and I'm going to play the karma angle straight up. Xavier in Texas. Rodney Terry came on. We okay. talked about watches. His players absolutely love him i'm gonna take the horns i'm even gonna ask you, you go. i'm taking the horns i'm gonna lay the number or lay the points what is the number and how you playing that one yeah the number is texas um favored by four and a half i'll ride with sean miller here and his musketeers so i'll go against you here and i'll take the points of four and you a half. can if you want to be wrong I, hey man four and a half it, it, it's it's, it's tempting right here because texas you. texas is damn good and I, i'm with you i think they could win it all they have talent they have depth but Xavier is damn good, man. They have lost uh, – had they not lost Zach Fremantle, he's their stretch Who? four. Who did they lose? Zach Fremantle. That's his name. Okay. I messed that one up there, dude. But he's but damn good. But it took good. two tries, though. I know. Everything's damn good to you today, man. Why is everybody and everything damn good? You know, you know, you know, because you know? Because these four games tonight are incredible. Are damn good, I know, right? Yes. And Xavier – is another Big East team that I think could have won the whole damn thing had they had this Fremantle kid because he's the, the difference The whole damn there. thing. Dude, was that your new word? Today it seems like it anyways. So back to back to my And then you anyways me again. I know. Yeah, I heard I'm you not sure you of any of your bad habits. We've done this every week now for months. And you keep yeah. making the same mistakes. For years. Like three years. 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 Alvin, years. 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 Yes. Dude, you have a bad case of jungle to rights. They've been doing this for years. 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 Dude, can you yeah. imagine somebody yeah. watching on CBS Sports yeah. Network that's never seen this show yeah. before, listening yeah. to these two knuckleheads going back yeah. and forth? No. They have yeah. no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Especially you have somebody like yeah. Matt who is so professional yeah. before this. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well done, Head. Go ahead. Uh, the biggest challenge tonight will be keeping Texas, uh, those stud guards, out of the paint and attacking the rim. The Longhorns uh, game is that. And they can get to the rim big time. But, again, Big East, I love them. Sean Miller's team in that Big East, best passing team, best shooting team, best three-point shooting team. If their shots are falling, watch out. Biggest key, Soli Boom. He's played uh, – he has Stun. to. Yes, yeah, stud. Stud, love him. But he has to play better. His last three games, he shot 8 of 35. That's 22% from the field. But on the season, like you said, he's a stud. He shot 40% from three-point range all year long. I think he's better tonight. ATS, the Longhorns are Princeton hot here. But I'm going with Sean Miller, who uh, has covered 70% of his games this year as a dog. I'm taking mm. the four-and-a-half mm. points here. 
That's a big number. Mm, That's big a number. big number. All right, so mm. run it all back, Head. Great job today. Run it back. Who you have tonight? San Diego State plus 7.5 v. Alabama. Creighton minus 10 over Princeton. Houston minus 7.5 v. Miami. And Xavier plus 4.5 v. Texas. That was fun. Nice job, Head. Fun. Well done. Thanks, Jim. The real silk, the fake silk, or the fake, fake silk? What's up, bro? Dude, it's the real silk. What's up, man? Uh, greetings from the 101 freeway, Brad, just passing through Pismo. Um, it's, it's awesome, Brad. Um, but wait a minute. Are you telling me that the clones and the JTP are acting in a reprehensible way, Brad? This is breaking news. These scumbags are the worst, man. Of course they are. Don't kick a dog for barking, Brad. Now listen, Brad, had to take a Friday off to go up and do our wine pickup. You know, we're members of lots of wineries up in Paso Robles, Brad, so we're headed out for a beautiful uh, weekend in Paso. Brad, I know you love this area of California like I do. I have never seen it so green, Brad. Do yourself a favor and uh, get up here in the next few months, man. It's going to be a super bloom. It's beautiful up here, Brad. So get yourself up. Get up to IV. Get up. Drive up north, man. It's beautiful up here, Brad. Anyway. So we were up at our beach house last night to get a head start, brah. So we're in the 805. And you know that's Jaime Jaquez country, brah. Camarillo, born and bred, brah. So the people were fired up last night. Now, I know you talked about their 11-minute drought, and that's no good. But even with that, they were, you know, they had it ready for the win last night. But it reminds me of something the great Pat Riley used to say to the Lakers when they were in training camp in Hawaii, brah. Rebounds equal rings, brah. Um, they were out-rebounded almost 2-1. to one. Uh, They could not get off the glass. Now, they were undermanned, of course, no excuses, but, man, poor UCLA, poor UC system, bro. They were the lone rep. And shout-out to your gauchos, bro, for taking, uh, you know, keeping my mighty Cal State Long Beach 49ers out of the tournament, bro. That was rough for me. But listen, bro, the sun is out. It's beautiful. Clones. Check me on Twitter, bro. I'm going to be posting all the charcuteries and wines from up here in beautiful Paso Robles, bro. Viva California. Viva the jungle. I'll speak to you probably next holiday or this summer, bro, because, you know, school's got me busy, bro. Later, bro. My dude, Rakim. Nice job. Nice job, Silk. Welcome to the jungle. What's going on, H. Man? It's Monday to you. Damn, was that a weekend or what? Why don't we start with the legend? It is E. Muss. One thing to knock off a one seed and the defending national champion, but it's another to do it with that E. Muss swag. Yeah! This Razorback team stepped up big time. My dude, Muss gets hype. He takes his shirt off. Oh, yeah. You deserve to take your shirt off. Hey. W.P.S. Muss. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm doing great, JR. Thanks so much for having me on again. When you go up on the scorer's table and you go shirtless, is the wife thinking, that's my man, or is she trying to talk you out of doing that? <laughs> A little of both. I mean, I coached in the minor leagues and coached in Venezuela and Dominican Republic, and so I'm as excited as any fan would be when we win. We are must-bussing down here. I can't tell you how much much love there is for this man. I've been trying to prove this shit is the one. Oh. There was a lot of that over the weekend, wasn't we it? We could not be the team that this one up. It was like that dude's been in Gonzaga for about a decade, right? So that's why the dance is incredible. That's why the dance is the best thing. That's why the dance is undefeated because it is delivering yet again. Martin's going to come in and it was a great game, and then they just ruined it at the end with that unfortunate, like, dunk. We are talking to Dusty May. The, the 360 left hand probably had a little bit too much sauce on it. He's an unbelievable kid who got caught up in the moment. Elliott is going to snap the ball. You do that guy like that. Say what you want about Zeke. He deserves a hell of a lot better than that. He does. <laughs> Giving the Big Easy the big swag. And I literally can't stop laughing at this dude. In a good way. My man, all love. Ankle socks tell a lot about you. Joined right now by Larry Johnson. I noticed that you start every question with how y'all got us up there. Oh, yeah, we got you. I got and I'm going to end every question do? like that, do? too, man. Y'all didn't get anything, man. Y'all stole away. Us 78, you 70. <laughs> Listen, can I talk about the Duke game? I can't talk about the Duke game. Rick Patino's hair. I'm saying I, mean, I see a basketball Hall of Famer. Flawed, but a basketball Hall of Famer. But... 
What many of you see and think about exclusively is a table at an Italian restaurant. Angel here, pasta as a conscious. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Seriously asking us to believe that the football coach at Alabama just happened to use the same exact wording. The same exact wording as his basketball coach, but it's got nothing to do with the other. Steve, how are you joining us? Born or Wick? Ooh, how do you do me like that? That's tough. I would have to say Wick because Jason Bourne's like, I don't know my name. <laughs> Let me just like, you know, kick these seven dudes, bud. Can I just say you have the voice Got a bit of that. you for decades now. Well, I appreciate you. You I appreciate are old you. as hell, but... Hey, wait a minute. Now we're on to something. You want a golden ticket? Make me an offer. 100 gur. Buy it now. Yeah, Rome, but what if I don't get on the air? Well, then you buy smack off insurance. Mitch Henderson is my guest. One of my favorite moments in my life. This is my second time on your show. Uh, 1998, I called in and I got some great jungle karma going into the first round of the NCAA tournament when I was a student. He struck him out! I'm going there and bang on the desk. I want two contracts. I want a pitcher's contract and I want a hitter's contract. Just get two agents. Pitch for LA. Pick up a bat for the Yanks. Pluto! You can do the math. I'll do the waitress. Signed Rick Pitino at all. Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson joining us. Would you still be doing it if they were not by your side? Wow, Jim, that's probably the best question I've been asked the entire year. Uh, my beef is with the DoorDash customer that selects the hand-it-to-me option. My senses are overwhelmed with the smell of cigarettes and animal piss. Next. My beef is with the arrogance of Costco sample link. You're not exactly Bobby Flake. And then immediately went all Johnny Idiot face with it. And the refs could have teed him up for that. And if they did tee him Johnny up for that. Johnny Idiot face. Thanks, Alvin. Today would be great. Way to get that in the same segment. Alvin, Alvin, Johnny idiot face. Oh, I'm out of touch. Use your words, not your drops. These scumbags are the worst, man. Of course they are. Don't kick a dog for barking, bro. That's backside Poulter right there. Also, Don't. Houston. Go ahead, Alvin. Don't. Alvin. Don't. I determine how the game is going to go. Wide receiver Jim Rome has narrowed his choice to three teams. The Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. <laughs> 700 grand and one dollar. Some of that jungle juju. What is going on? Because if you go like a puppy, stay on the park. I, 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 I balled in the halls of CIF. Oh, Jim, I appreciate you having me on. This is awesome. This isn't for everybody. Run, run. Appreciate it. Looking for some more jungle karma, Jim. Now it's a great matchup now. Uh, okay, okay. Good night now. Good night now.